This is Jeff Moore, founder of Thursday Night Boardroom. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, today we've got Jeff Moore, founder of Thursday Night Boardroom. We talk about how legacy is more powerful than currency. We go into preeminence and how you can put yourself in a position of strength during difficult times. And we wrap it around how masterminds allow you to pivot and go to the next level. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of Thursday Night Boardroom, Jeff Moore. Jeff, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Thanks, Brandon. It's going well. Uh, just a, a great day out here in Southern California. Yeah, absolutely. It's sunny as it always is. And you know, you're one of the lucky ones that gets to experience that. Hey, real quick, before we really dive into this, where is the best place if someone feels like they really jam with you and they really resonate with your message that they can find you on social media or reach out to you? You know, um, I'm, it's pretty easy. I, I give my email, jeff at masterymode.com or just find me uh, Jeff Moore on Facebook uh, or even go to Thursday Night Boardroom and uh, ThursdayNightBoardroom.com. You can request entry into our our group. Yeah, and that way it's free. There you go, and that that leads right into what I really wanted to start talking about is, you know, the availability to learn and have access to different people has really changed over the last five ten years. You've built something called Thursday Night Boardroom over the last ten years. Yes. Tell us the reason behind what you've built and how the format has changed or the styles changed since the beginning. Okay, that's a great question uh, because it has evolved for sure. I started Thursday Night Boardroom just because I have always been a lifelong learner early on. I mean, I would say probably 1988, just as I got out of college, I was a, a, had a, a, I was a salesman and I had a gentleman, an old fitness guy that did trained a bunch of Olympians and stuff was, I was working with him and uh, he taught me about Windshield University. And back then, there was a company called Nightingale Conant that you would buy tapes. And you'd put them in your cassette tape, you know, in the car, and you'd drive and learn. And, and now that's pretty much audible and all these other things. But uh, I would drive probably 3,000 miles a month and hardly ever listen to the radio and had something new. I mean, it got to the point where I was on that VIP list from Nightingale Conant, where they would just send me this stuff for free. And if I liked it, I'd pay for it. You know, I mean, it was a so big lifelong learner. And fast forward to 2009, I was invited to the original business mastery with Tony Robbins, which they called the ultimate business mastery summit. There was only 500 people in the room and uh, which for a Tony Robbins event is, is pretty small. And, um, and Chet Holmes was his, his partner. Uh, on the event. 
and people, the big names, the biggest names of yesterday, you know, whether it's Jay Abraham or Stephen M. R. Covey or, you know, people from Chet Holmes group um, were on stage, but then the new breed, I mean, guys like Brendan Burchard before Brendan Burchard was Brendan Burchard. He was still talking about corporate sponsorships and Eben Pagan was, was on stage there uh, for the first time. And, and some, some of these young, you know, these young Turks, I guess is what you could call them. And I was there for the whole week and they had a home study course. You know, I, I bought the home study course because I am truly one of the greatest consumers of that type of stuff. I'm sure I've I've invested half a million dollars in stuff like that if 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 over my lifetime, and or in value because a lot of people would have given me the products for free over the years. So I I got this home study course. It took like 11 months for them to send the home study course out and got together with a couple of guys. I said, hey, let's let's get together on a Friday and listen to this at lunch. Own my own company at the time. I could take some time, you know, and, and do that. And we did that for a little while and it kind of phased out. But they told me, because it was such a bad time to do it Friday at lunch, you know, there's too many schedules change and stuff. And they told me that both the guys that were in the group, they said in our little group there said, you know, the we like watching this this course together. But the thing that we get the most out of is when you pause it and you turn to one of us and say, this is what this means to you. And I would tell their story. And so that kind of phased away. And I, I uh, back in August of uh, 2010, I said, you know, I really miss that. It was, I said, uh, I'm going to bring that back. And so I went to some friends and I said, look, Thursday night, we have young kids. Nobody, you know, uh, if there's a Thursday night football game or whatever, that's fine. But, you know, a couple times a month, I'm going to be getting, I'm going to be watching this thing and I'm going to be getting better. Come, don't come. I don't care. That was kind of the real compelling invitation. <laughs> and four people showed up. And uh, one of those young Turks at that ultimate business mastery summit was Gary Vaynerchuk. And he gave a keynote speech that changed everybody's life in the room. He was one of the four people that showed up? No, no. It, the, the, in the study. The, the, the study. Okay. At the Tony Robbins thing, Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. was there. Yeah, okay. And so I played that one first. I played it out of sequence so these people could watch it. And it literally, you could just see that their, their lives will never be the same again after they saw it. And, and there was four people in the room, me and, me and four people. And so we do that. And I did the same thing. I would pause things and I would explain, you know, in your business, this is how you can do this, you know, and whatever. And we just, for a while, we just kept watching that type of stuff. And then I had other content that I would share. And I remember there's a gal named Lisa Monet, and I met her at a Brennan Bouchard event. And, and uh, um, she came and I said, hey, this is a mastermind, you know, because that's what I was told. And she showed up and she goes, "Ah, eh, it's not a mastermind. She goes, this is like a, it's really cool. We learn a lot and we share a lot. But she goes, this is like a, like a mini seminar. You know, she goes, that's, that's people come and they're learning something. They're really not collaborating that much. And she goes, she goes, not that it's bad, but it's not a mastermind. And so that really impacted me. And I said, you know, you're right. And so we started to have some content, but the major part of the, of, of Thursday night boardroom was going around and having everybody introduce themselves and say what they do, who they do it for, you know, what is their unique offer? You know, how do customers brag about them and what do they do that makes them the best in the world in the eyes of their customer? And they'd screw that up majorly. And 
the conversation would be all of us having this conversation about what a person does and who they do it for. And it very slowly but surely became what we know now is this is a mastermind. And basically, you know, in my opinion, a mastermind is more about being your personal board of advisors, somebody where you come in and you advise and you can come in to get advice. And that is how it's been for probably eight of the 10 years where people come in, who are they? What do they do? What, you know, what are their, what particular challenge or question they have? And everybody, you know, converges to help that person. And even if you're not, you know, like you don't have a, you know, essentially a problem you want to share, there's a lot of mental reps that are going on in there. And I don't know if you're familiar with that term, a mental rep, you know, if you're in football or, or baseball or whatever, and you're not out on the field playing, they're saying, watch your position and take a mental rep as if you're out there. How would you play that? And so people would listen to the challenge and everybody associates somebody else's story to themselves, right? And plus themselves in their own mind. And, and so people would get a lot out of it. And I think the greatest compliment I ever would receive about Thursday night boardroom is I'd get a call on Friday saying, I didn't sleep at all last night. You know, you, it was so provocative. So, you know, you really, really got me thinking and, and I'm really making some changes. And I've had people come back to me, hoteliers coming back to me saying, you know, we're crushing it right now. It's COVID and we're crushing it. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's about five things that I learned at Thursday Night Boardroom that we're using to crush it. Now, I don't own that, but it was the collaboration that got these people, you know, talking and doing things. And, and everybody comes in with their own unique perspective and unique experience. And so that's really what Thursday Night Boardroom became and continues to be. Wow. I mean, it's just, and, and there's, I think I saw there's just over 800 members and growing. And yeah. you think of the, the collective brain on that, the neural network of just ideas and sharing and collaboration yep. and, and hot seats. Like that's, that's just an amazing place. Yep. And uh, I'm glad that we started out with that. So let's, let's kind of continue that. You know, there's, there's so many different ways to take in information now than there ever was before. And it's kind of confusing. Some people look for mentors, other look for uh, accountability buddies, masterminds, other people take online courses. There's a lot of ways, obviously, to learn. Yes. Who are you currently learning from and how did you find them? Um, you know, honestly, I, 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 um, this is going to sound maybe a little bit of woo-woo. I've stopped looking for people because people reveal themselves to me, you know, at the right time. And so, you know, I have um, a partner, Nick Peterson um, at mastery mode or the network or we're co-founders of the network. And, and, you know, and he has a partner, Dan Giulianotti, who's I've known forever. And he's the one that introduced the two of us because Dan and I knew each other. And um, Nick and I, I learn a lot through Nick because he is a consummate study. He, he is putting it in play. It's not, philosophical. He doesn't just compile knowledge for the purpose of knowledge. He literally is one of, I think he's still truly to me, he's one of the great Stoics of our time. And just to be able to learn from his, his demeanor, uh, young kid, 30 years old, you know, he's shit. He could, I could be his father. 
Um, I've got a daughter that's 29, you know, so it's like, it's funny that she's just a year younger, a little less than a year younger than he is and, and uh, a little more than a year. But uh, so he's, you know, he's, he's a, a person I'm learning from. I just, it, I, every day there's people that you would never hear of. And I call them the Titans next door that I learn. And so I'm always looking and, and using experiences that I have to, to gain the, the person I work with at, at Global Protein Group, the president, the guy that hired me, I've known for 30 years, one of the most dynamic leaders I've ever worked for, and probably one of the top five to 10 that I've ever heard of, you know, so I get really, you know, front row seat at that. And, and you know, we, we go into SEAL training. I might've been in, in the Navy for the last 30 years, but now I'm a Navy SEAL because the way this guy conducts his business and the way we conduct our business together. You know, some of the bigger names, you know, yeah, I, I mean, you know, do I get to hang out with, you know, every so often with Jay Abraham or, or more so with Michelle Abraham, his daughter, who's a very dear friend of mine. There's just a lot of people. I mean, I, and not necessarily, you know, the, the New York Times bestsellers, even though I've got a lot of those friends, personal friends. Uh, I think you and I talked about Steve Sims. You know, we, we're, we're close personal friends. I mean, it's, it's you know, and it's not... It's not an Instagram friendship. It's not a Facebook friendship. It's literally, truly a friendship where we are, we share very candid conversation. I mean, that's the same that I have with, with all of those guys. You know, there's guys that you've heard of and, and, and I've had very personal moments of conversations with a lot of these people. And, and I just learn it. I just really take the time to learn a lot from people and, and really, you know, through the development of friendship more than, than through, I want to learn from you. I think that that retail type of learning um, is probably something in my past. Do I have programs and products and books and listen to stuff? Absolutely. But yeah, it, it just, it's, it's, I'm, I'm learning from, I learn from my son. I learn from my daughters. I learn from my wife. I learn from my parents. I learn, you know, it's just every single place I'm learning. And, and some of those learning experiences aren't necessarily the most pleasant in the world either, but uh, Unfortunately. Uh, and, and pleasure can come out of pain from what we have to learn. And that what you really said and what I heard was who you learn from, there's no age range. You don't sit there and say, I've got to learn from someone that's been doing this for 30 right. to 60 years. You're learning from your children. You're learning from, from Nick, who you, you hold in very high regard. And I think that's really important. It doesn't matter who it is. You can learn from them and you don't always have to go looking for them. They could just be right around you. You know, honestly, Brandon, um, wisdom comes from multiple experiences. Right. And so where, you know, drive through banking came from their experience of seeing drive through fast food, you know, I mean, it's, it's from different industries and, and that's always been the thing when I would go to lunch or dinner or go over and have, you know, drinks with Jay Abraham at his house, people go, Oh my God, you know, what challenge did he help you overcome? And I'm like, you guys, I don't spend a lot of time giving him my stuff. I'm extracting experience out of him, you know, stories out of him. I mean, you know, that to me is, you know, sitting, you know, this is years and years ago, but I'll never forget because I just felt like, God, I'm the only person in the world sharing this experience. And, and um, we're, I'm at Jay's house. We're finishing off this last, we had dinner there and we're just having a great night and everybody's gone to bed and it's late at night. There's a single light over the dining room table. And he's got a huge house with this gorgeous art all over the place. It's just the energy is amazing in this house. And, and we're sitting there and just, you know, kind of not quite a whisper, but 
pretty low hushed tones. And he starts sharing to me some of the, um, not necessarily regrets, but ways that he would do it over if he had a chance to do it again. And I'm sitting here listening to this conversation, this really candid, transparent conversation. And I'm just, I was almost overwhelmed with the feeling of gratitude that I was in that position. And uh, just, you know, you know, very fortunate like that. But I mean, you know, Jay's just one of those names of people that you would hear of from, you know, in, in that space, I have an opportunity to really have those types of vulnerable conversations with a lot of people you've read or heard about. And, and I think that the reason I can have those conversations is because I'm kind of at 55 years old, I'm a little advanced stage and I've worked many different aspects of business. And, and so we have a mutual respect and admiration for each other. And, and I don't share what they told me, you know, they, they, they feel safe. And I think that that to me, great relationships start with safety and it's being safe in your vulnerability to be able to be safe around somebody is the cornerstone or the foundation of any relationship. And that's really the foundation of Thursday night boardroom too, is that you're not necessarily going to be comfortable but you're going to be safe and you're going to be able to share with what goes on in there. We don't record it. You know, it's what's happening now. And usually it's what's happening in the room, but we, you know, do it virtual now. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort kills, but knowing that you're in a safe environment and you're a safe place, it allows you to at least get over that uncomfortability. Well, think about, I mean, even your relationship with your wife, you think about like, as things start to sour, if you go back, you start to feel like you've got to defend your own turf because you don't feel safe. It's literally the beginning of the end when you don't feel safe. But when we feel safe, we feel safe to be able to be ourselves and flourish together. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Let's talk about, you know, people and human nature. A lot of people get stuck and they don't know how to execute what's inside their head. We've recently gone through and well, we're still going through a pandemic. Yeah. To me, this is causing, or I would, I would kind of say it's, it's creating a reset and how things are being accomplished. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset yourself or how you do things? I mean, we literally dig straight into that conversation. First of all, I, I jokingly say, can somebody let me know when the next pandemic is going to be so I'm more prepared when it happens? Uh, um, this one fell straight off a cliff, right? I mean, it's just, it, especially I'm selling seafood for food service or restaurants. It, it was like, it went to zero in a matter of weeks. Fortunately, I had, you know, a, a diversity of my business and we could become buyers of proteins that distributors were stuck with and then turn around and sell it. So that was, you know, when we talk about you and I talked about before we were on preeminence, that's what preeminence is, is being able to put yourself in a position of strength, no matter what the scenario. And so if we can't sell any of it, let's buy it and turn around and sell it to people that need it. And so we really did well with that. But, uh, you know, I got right on. We did, we were doing Thursday night boardrooms instead of once a month. We were doing them two, three times a month uh, because people needed that social collaboration. And I was surprised and inspired by how few of the people were truly impacted by COVID because a lot of these people were had done digital and 
the people that hadn't done digital were so inspired by the people that were digital that they knew, God, I'm not doing it, but shit, I know a whole bunch of people that are, so I can go to them. And I watched guys that were, you know, uh, custom clothier, right? And uh, he makes his beautiful clothes, um, goes and fits you in your office, the whole deal. Well, you know, hell, I haven't worn pants in two and a half months, right? And so he pivoted and went online and sold custom tailored masks that were these beautiful designs and, you know, from materials that he's ha he has. And just, I mean, amazing, you know, what people are doing to pivot. And so I think that that collaboration where you're getting together in the spirit of, of a mastermind, right? In a collaborative, um, the collective wisdom, if you will, and to know that you're like one degree of separation from the resource you need to pivot and go to the next level. And I think that that's really what I'm most proud of with Thursday Night Boardroom is, and anything that's spawned from that, right, is to be able to just know I can pick up the phone and call a person and have my answer. And it's just, you know, and, and honestly, I've talked, I don't know if you've heard of a, a gentleman by the name of Vince Reed. He's like a traffic and leads, like superstar. A lot of the marketing people use Vince Reed to do, to generate traffic and leads. And I've known him for a long time. And he finally was here and I was investing, you know, like, oh, I'm going to hire this person to do this. He goes, you know what, you need to stop it. And you need to sit down and do some of this stuff yourself. And that really resonated with me. And sure enough, sat down and did what I needed to do for my wife's um, college prep counseling business. And it went from my wife hating our website to three hours on a Sunday afternoon, two weeks ago, having her go, I love this website and I love sending people to it now. I don't know anything about building websites. I was just like, I'm tired of this. I'm going to just do what I think I should do, you know? And so collegepreproadmap.com, it's a super simple place. And, you know, she's like, I just want people to get on a call. I can help them. I'll help them for free. And then we'll work out what to do next. And I'm like, man, how simple is that? And so just inspired by getting my ass kicked over here and being inspired by what my wife does. And I want her to do more of that. I was able to do it myself, but I, without that type of collaboration, without that type of personal board of advisors, yeah, wouldn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, one of the things that I took away right there was, and, and, and Steve Sims, who you mentioned a few times is, you know, solve someone's problem. And yep. that's what the clothier guy did. You know, there, there was a problem. He saw it and he found a solution that could not only benefit people, but continue his business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Wow. So masterminds have been around for a long time. You know that. The apostles probably were the first mastermind. Um, from there, Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, I should say, you know, created the, the Junto Club. And then Napoleon Hill talks about it and creates the book, which what most people know today. Um, there continues to be a, a large boom of self-education, you know, especially over the last few years that I'm seeing. Where do you see self-education through masterminds and through personal growth growing forward? Well, I think that, that self-education is kind of a, I, I'm not sure I'm a, I'm a, I, I get what you're saying. Self-guided education probably is more appropriate. Um, 
I think that we're standing in a position where we don't know what we don't know. And so to self-guide our education and try and do it on our own, you're going to get to a level. And no matter what happens, you're going to find yourself involved in a collaboration. Period. No matter how smart you get, no matter how good you get, you're going to find yourself yearning to be with other people. You know, whether that's in, a, in the spirit of propinquity, where the people that you're with, you're proximal and you have the same interests, or like Thursday Night Boardroom, that, you know, dozens of different industries from all walks of life. I mean, or 818 people from 27 countries are in that thing, right? So it's, I don't want the same people, but self, self-guided education for the purpose of learning uh, and I've watched it happen. I've watched, and I talked about Vince Reed. I've watched uh, Nick Peterson. Nick Peterson, how methodical and how how studious he is. If he doesn't have the ability to talk to other people and work with other people, Nick Peterson's not Nick Peterson. He's a study through people. And so I think that that self-guided education will get you so far. But it is definitely something that uh, I don't know what the alternative to self-guided education is. I mean, you know, I guess if you want to go to a vocational school and, you know, learn how to weld or something like that, then that's fine, too. But if you want to learn how to be um, the most impactful person that you can be in order so you can impact others' lives, that only happens in the spirit of collaboration yeah. or the spirit of the mastermind. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and that's so true. I mean, the collaboration, uh, you know, creates so many different things. The road of an entrepreneur alone is, is very lonely, you know, and it's, 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 it's a horrible place to be. You can't get stuck. If you get stuck in your own head as an entrepreneur, it's, I don't well, know. that, what do they say when you're, when you're in your own head, you're behind enemy lines. Yeah. Yeah. You can be your own worst enemy. That's why it's, yeah. Oh, and it just, and it, that's where we go back to wisdom comes from multiple experiences yeah. and multiple perspectives. Yeah. Right. It's just, it because you might see something your way that might be very different. I mean, think about, we all are on the street standing there and there's a car crash and somebody, they separate all of us and they ask us what we saw. We were all there. We all saw the same thing. If as many people as there are, there's going to be some similarities to the story, but there's going to be definitely unique points of that story. Yeah. Everyone right. sees the conversation differently. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, think about that communication, right? Communication isn't what's said, it's what's heard. Right. Yeah. And so that only happens when we could sit there and say, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm inventing this widget and it's going to do this great stuff. And you get in front of people and that's the beauty of getting in front of the mastermind because in front of Thursday night boardroom is we don't allow jargon. We'll sit there. I will, I will listen at somebody. I'll ask somebody what they do and everybody in the room's going, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. They think they're speaking English, but everybody else in the room's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it helps refine what they do, right? Well, you come in now, you introduce yourself. My name is blank with blank company. And we provide blank type of service for blank type of person. So they can have this type of benefit without this type of hassle, you know? And so we have this sheet 
that they have to, the compelling introduction and the amount of anxiety that's come from just that sheet where somebody has to not use any jargon and somebody has to use this format that's a little bit disjointed. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know how to present that. And so we learn more about ourselves when we're trying to, you know, learn from others than, than we do from, you know, really kind of subscribing to some kind of education. Yeah. I put myself, you know, when I hear people tell their experiences or their stories, I try to put myself in that situation, whether I'd ever be in it or not. And just listening to that, I'm sitting there saying, okay, what if I was on that seat and I had that sheet in front of me? Like I started getting anxiety. I'm like, what the, would I like, what would I say? Because in my head, it needs to be understood from a five-year-old standpoint. Totally. And then everybody can understand it. You know, when you see it, you can share it. Right. And so we had a guy, we were, we did an impromptu Thursday night boardroom. We had done a Tesla tour because I got a group of people together and we won Steve Sims promotion for his book a few years ago. And you know, the, the sad part about it was Steve calls me, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to do a promotion. If you buy a hundred books, you, you get a, a trip you know, where you, you and 25 of your friends or 24 of your friends get to go on a trip. And I, uh, and I said, Oh, cool. He goes, so what do you think I should do? I go, well, tell them how they can win it. He goes, buy a hundred books and go. And I go, or no, 500 books it was. And I go, Steve, there's only a few people that are going to buy 500 books and you're really not going to get them in this kind of environment. This is, this is going to be hand to hand combat and stuff that you, you just want to be able to offer something out. I go, tell him how to win it. And he's like, well, but 500 books. I go, no, suggest get four friends, each one buy a hundred books. And then each one brings four or five friends with them. Yeah. He's like, oh man. So I knew that that was the deal. So I'm the one that made the rules up, right? Yeah. You know, Nick Cock talks about rig the game. You know, my partner, Nick, is yeah, rig yeah. the game. He's always talking about rigging the game. Talk about rigging the game. I made yeah. the rules up. Yeah. You knew how you were already going to win because you told I already them. had the five, the four people that I yeah. was going to do it with. Yep. Brilliant. And we literally won it in 10 minutes. So we're there We have a Tesla. It was a great tour. And then we're at the bar at the Marriott in Fremont. And the guys that are there, Kevin Thompson and some other people are like, Hey, Jeff, do Thursday night border. Let's do Thursday night border. Let's do the compelling introduction. Da, da, da. And this guy gets up and he goes, we are social philanthropers. And I, and I was saying, you know, no jargon, you know, when we see it, we could share. Guy goes, we're social philanthropists. We raise money for social conscious, socially conscious philanthropies. And, and that's what we do. Everybody's like, oh, nice to meet. And I'm like, raise my hand. I go, hi. And he goes, yeah. I go, what do you do? He goes, we're social philanthropists. I said, yeah, I, okay. What's that? Well, you, like we raise money for social socially conscious causes. And I go, okay, what do you do? Like what? Like, give me an example. Oh, first he goes, well, like he goes, we raised money to be able to plant trees in third world country in major cities of third world countries. And this tree is a special breed of tree, special species that actually eats more carbon than regular trees. So it cleans the air as we plant these trees. And I said, oh, so you help the world breathe easier one tree at a time? Guy goes, holy shit, can I use that? 
And I go, sure, why not? And he goes, oh, that's awesome. He goes, I didn't even think of that. I go, and if we ended with you being a social philanthropist, you'd never have that because I couldn't see it. And he's like, oh, so see what I'm saying? It's like, you know, the power of the mastermind and the way we're able to extract from somebody something that is so obvious to us, but, you know, they feel like, oh, social philanthropy, that's what I do. That's how I introduce myself. And it's like, people just are polite and they go, oh, that sounds really neat. They have yeah. no idea what you do. And, so, and we just walk but, away from it. Yeah. So the, through the power of the mastermind, right, you're actually able to make connections with people through what you do. And guess what? People can't wait to share that story because yeah. they finally can see it. How, this guy helps the world breathe easier one tree at a time. How the hell does he do that? Through social right. philanthropy. Yeah, for social philanthropy. Like, I don't even know how you said that? the word. I don't even know how you kept saying the word social philanthropist. <laughs> but yeah. let, let, let's kind of go a little bit further into this. So you've got a lot of programs out there and self-taught gurus out there. Typically, when people want to know what they're going to get involved with, there's some form of reality of they know what they can legitimately create or get, get results out of. Yeah, yeah. What should people expect when they enter your reality? Oh, well, it's, you know, if you, if you're a member, if there's a boardroom on Facebook, are you, are you, I'm not, of, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm actually going to be going after we entry, get, yeah, I can't, I'm going I'm to afterwards. Go out and look for you. Um, we actually have in our rules about bringing it and, you know, whatever that challenge is. And, and I'm, I'm a dick. When somebody comes in and they want to play fly on the wall or, Oh, I'm, you know, I don't want to introduce me. You know, I'm just, I don't want to do this introduction. I don't want to do this. Then we go to plan B with you. And now I'm just going to interrogate you and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to have you talk about you. And I've, I've literally spent 30 minutes of a two and a half hour session helping a person introduce themselves because everybody in the room gets something out of it. Right. But if you are going to get something out of it, you better be ready to bring everything you got. And by the way, back to what we said, and you cannot do that unless you feel safe. Yeah. So it's my job as the leader of this mastermind group to make the people in the room feel safe. Doesn't mean they're going to feel comfortable because I necessarily, I don't necessarily, I don't materialize that or, or fake it or do anything like that. But we're going to, we're going to ask questions and I'm going to ask, I'm going to be very candid. Um, you know, it's funny. They go back to questions. You know, um, Brian Moran, the name sounds super the familiar. The founder of Sam Cart. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm at Dean Jackson second. Dean Jackson does these things. Do you know who Dean Jackson is? No, I don't. I'm throwing a name out here. It's like Dean Jackson and Joe Polish have a podcast called I love marketing. Joe Polish. Yes. Yeah. And so Dean Jackson's is, his partner in that. And I met him a long time ago. You know, I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Um, and so we're at this mastermind. We're up at the Delta Hotel Resort and outside of Toronto. And Brian Moran is one of the kids there. And he's still getting, he's still, uh, at the time it was get 10,000 fans. And he's 24, 25 at the time. And he made his first million dollars, like made, you know, didn't sell him, made a million dollars. 
And so I get to know Brian and, and literally for the three days that we're together, I just keep asking him question after question. So how did your friends take it? Like, how, you know, all of a sudden you elevate so much farther than your friends financially. Was that an issue? Did you find yourself in a situation where you're playing things down? What kind of car did you buy? Where did you decide to live? Did you move? Like, it was just all of these things. And we just, and it wasn't, I wasn't being ridiculous about it. It was conversational. I was interested, right? The most interesting person in the room is the most interested person in the room, right? And so, not that I'm the most interesting person, but I'm just saying, so literally on the last day, we drive to the airport together and we're waiting for our flights, our respective flights. He's going down to North Carolina. I'm going back to California. And he starts telling me that he doesn't want to do get 10,000 fans anymore. That he wants to build a software that's going to help run the engine of commerce for these personal development people and coaches and, and, you know, um, authors and things like that. And in that, we didn't know the name, didn't know anything. This was his idea in that conversation he was sharing with me what became Samcart three years later. And it's just through me. Like if, if I'm trying to teach this guy about how to, you know, great fish or meat or something like that, I'm never going to learn anything about it. Great questions are, are their questions are so much more powerful than great answers. Right. In a lot of ways, the question is pregnant with the answer. You really can't ask the question if you don't know there's an answer. Right. And so, so it just through that, I mean, Brian and I became, you know, we're not like, we don't see each other all the time, but we do, we see each other. And Scotty, his brother and I, you know, hug and kiss when we see each other. It's, you know, kind of a funny thing. And I do it to embarrass him and I'm okay with that. But, you know, it just through those types of, you know, those interesting conversations, that's really super powerful. And in the, in the spirit of a mastermind, those are conversations that are, somewhat guided, right? At least in their structure and what we're going to be able to do. And everybody ends up being elevated without having to do anything. Just by being in that conversation, they're elevated. I'm elevated, they're elevated, everybody's elevated. And I just think that that comes from a true mastermind. Now there's so many mastermind groups out there that, that, you know, they call themselves masterminds, but they're really just like, you know, Lisa Monet told me a bunch of years ago, this is a mini seminar. You know, uh, Joe Polish doesn't even call Genius Network a mastermind anymore. It's a collaborative, you know, and, and so because he knows that it's not a true mastermind, there's too many damn people. You know, there's 80 people in the room when he's, when he's doing his deal. So it's a collaborative, you know, they, they, they do the 10 minute talks. They do all these things that people are, are able to elevate from and, and collaborate about after. You know, and so it's it, when you get to a true mastermind, a true mastermind, Brandon, honestly, when there's more than probably 12 people in the room, it can get a little unwieldy. We've had 19, 20 people in the room. Hell, I've had 45 people in the room, but it was more, that was more of a session about something. But we've had, you know, 19 people in down at, at Voipo where we do the, where we do the network re- retreats 
uh, Tim, Timothy Dick. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is at, at Profit Lair. That's his him. office there yeah. that he's, he's given us free reign there. We had 19 people. We started at seven o'clock at night and ended at 1130 at night because everybody was going to have a chance to talk. Yeah, I think sure. that number is really important. Um, I had uh, really is. Uh, someone that we had earlier on the show, Pat Carney, talks uh-huh. really about, he, he's got, I think, the country's longest running mastermind, about 40 years going, and he really talks about it being an intimate number. And I, I'll have to listen back to it, but it was like 11 or 12. I think it was an odd number. He wanted an odd number and it couldn't be any more than this based off yep. of you know, his thoughts and what he had gone into it. So Some of our, some of our greatest conversations have happened with seven or yeah. six people in the room, you know, it's just, you know, and, and I mean, Nick and I have great conversations a couple of times a week and we spend a lot of time together or Michelle Abraham will have those, but, or Joseph Rodriguez, who's a, a, a he's, he's really big on YouTube and just, just an amazing guy. Um, you know, we can have these dialogues, right. Yeah. But when there's four or five people in the room and we can share stuff together, Man, it's almost, you know, when you get four or five good people in that room that are really into what we're doing, it's almost, it's almost hard to harness the fusion, the energy that's going on in the room because it's just so exciting, you know, and just so powerful that, that that's really something special. Well, and you're really curating the people. And th- yep. that are in that room. And if someone were to slip through, even they, with the, with the smaller numbers, they can't hide behind the numbers and saying time's almost up. They're not going to get to me. No. So, I mean, uh, you know, here's the great thing. People really have a way of surprising us with their willingness to learn the rooms that you put together. Like I said, are pretty hand selected. And if someone slips in, I'm sure they quickly are escorted out has any- Actually, honestly, Brent, I'm going to correct you on that. I think that there's probably been maybe four mm-hmm. sessions of Thursday Night Boardroom in the last year that there hasn't been somebody new that I've never met before in my life. Wow. Because Nick is out there talking about Thursday Night Boardroom all the time. And so through profit and profitability, or pro, is it profit and productivity, yeah. or productivity and profit, one of those, you know, he's talking people, people join through that just to get in proximity with Nick. And so there's new people that are in there all the time, or Steve Sims will mention it or somebody, you know, we've got evangelists all over the place um, that are mentioning us, you know, Bodhi Campagna, she's like our chief evangelist. She's always talking about us. So there's, there are new people all the time, but like I said, I don't look for them. Yeah. They you don't have to. Themselves. Yeah. You don't have to. Has, right. has anyone surprised you with what they've been able to accomplish? Oh, shit. Be, with, with <laughs> you know, as the outcome of being in that room and please yeah, okay. give us something. So, so crazy man, Joe, right. Um, uh, Salzana, so, 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 so I, he's got a crazy last name. He came in the first time he came in, this is a long time ago. God, this has got to be 2011, maybe 2012. And he came in and he sat down, never met him before. He goes, puts his hands behind his head like this. He's like sitting back in the chair and he goes, so what's this, some kind of Amway thing? And I go, who are you? And he goes, my name's Joe. And I go, oh, what do you do? So we started to going through my questions, you know, who's your customer, you know, and, you know, and, and uh, he's an IT guy. 
and he's just, we call him crazy Joe. And I mean, you, you see how stoic Nick is when you talk to him. Nick is heaving. He's laughing so hard when this guy's talking. I mean, to see Nick laugh is, is a unique experience like this and laugh this hard. And he's a guy that would literally, as an IT guy, walk into a hospital and go to the front desk and go, hi, I'm here to fix your, uh, your, your uh, system on, uh, the, on the second floor. And they go, oh, no, no, no. It's the uh, wiring on the fourth floor that's broke. Okay. And he just walks in and like gets a job and sends him, sends him an invoice. Like that's how crazy this guy is, right? So he's, he's not afraid of anything. He stands up. This, now he's in the Thursday night boardroom. He's been in it for probably a year and a half. And he's just, you know, he's not necessarily the, the most polished guy in the world. In the middle of a session, we're talking about something. He stands up, he goes, I got it. And walks out. Right in the middle of the session. Comes back like eight months later, and he took his business as just a kind of an IT for hire and turned it into a managed services business with Robin Robbins and her deal. And he had heard about her through the Thursday night boardroom and literally like he didn't just 10 X his business. I think it was something like, like 15 or 17 times in eight, eight months by doing this thing. And it was just like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? You know, I was talking earlier, Dennis Descanio, who's a, an attorney by trade, and, and he fashions himself as, a, as an attorney, but he works maybe 20 hours a week. He's got a multi-million dollar practice. He's just got it down to a system. So he's been a, he's been a presenter at Thursday Night Boardroom too, because people want to know how the hell that happens, especially attorneys. And he sold his law office buildings where I used to have a little special room there called the hatchery. And he bought a hotel in Oklahoma city, the Saddleback Inn and conference center. It's a best Western, whatever, but he's really done it well. And during COVID he is, his occupancy rates like 60% where a lot of people are 20, right. And done. Right. And he's just invested and he's like, oh my gosh, he goes, we're geofencing. He goes, I learned that from Stephen Dale in the group and we're just doing this. And I learned that from him and you taught me this and you've been working with this, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, he's just, he's a hotelier and he's just like, okay, looks at every challenge and then thinks back to Thursday night boardroom and applies it. It's a free, it's a Thursday night boardroom's free. And this guy's made millions of dollars on it. We've, we've done things where, where um, we helped him generate, like his business grew like 35 or 40% just from a backyard conversation and then a, a, a furtherance at Thursday Night Boardroom where the guy was going to open all these law offices. And I was like, why go wider? Why not go deeper? And from that, he started, instead of workers' comp only, he started a social security law office within there because it's pretty much all the same stuff. And all of a sudden, his business grew, and like 30 40% of his practice was in uh, social security law where he had none of it before. And so he's got this great business. It's, it's on autopilot, and he opens up this hotel, or he buys a hotel in Oklahoma City, and he's crushing it. And it's just, I, so there's stories like this I can sit here and tell. I'm not owning one of them. They're doing it. They're applying it. 
but it's but there's just amazing stories. Guys that are super accomplished coming in there and presenting something and it falls flat. And they get all mad at me because, oh, I don't know, the people weren't good tonight, you know, or whatever. And then they go back and they tweak it and they get better results, you know. And, and it's just, there's just, there's so many stories after 10 years, Brandon. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's too many to name. And I'm just proud of every one of those. My wife at one point, she was referring to Thursday Night Boardroom as my mistress because I was spending so much time and energy on it and, you know, was able to reel myself back in there. But uh, it's not know. the worst mistress, at least. And, you know, it's that no. it's that it's that it's that it's safe. It's not a conversation, yeah. a word you ever want to have. No, your life. no, it's a word. it's a ever. safe environment. Ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At least it's a safe environment to have that kind yeah. of a thing going on. So um, I, I was talking with a coach, a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about ways to be successful and, you know, uh, mentorship, experimentation, partnerships, uh, yeah. willingness to fail. Oh, and one, of the, one of the things that, that I continue to hear people get stuck on, maybe they don't, they don't see it, is the willingness to succeed. With the sensitivity of social media, you know, I feel we're actually afraid to be successful and talk about it. And mm. you had mentioned a little bit about that earlier with your friend on the way to the airport. What do you think it takes for people to get over their fear of being successful? You know, first of all, the fear of being successful is something that the cemeteries are, are full of people like that. And it's not the fear of being successful. It is the experience of being becoming more successful than you can imagine. And now you're in an area that you're totally unfamiliar. And so now let's look at people that have gone and, and had tremendous success and have ruined, burned it all down, whether it's drugs, you know, look at Janis Joplin or, you know, rock stars and stuff that have, have killed themselves with drugs because they've exceeded their ability to recognize themselves in that scenario. And so, you know, the fear of success is really just the fear of exceeding your understanding, your recognition of yourself in that success. You know, you mentioned about the willingness to fail. Okay. Have you ever read Go For No, the book? I haven't, but I have heard of it. Okay. Fantastic book. You definitely got to, and I'm going to interview her. They talk about the five levels of failure in there. And so it starts with the ability to fail, which we all have. The second one is what you just talked about, the willingness to fail. I'm willing to fail. But there's now remember, there's still three more to go. The next one is the eagerness to fail. Like, man, I can't wait. I am going to fail and I'm going to fail in spectacular fashion. There are no limits to where I'm going right now. And the only way I'll know I gone, I've gone too far is when I fall off the edge. Right? Then the fourth one is to, is to fail bigger, an eagerness to fail bigger and faster. Go for it. Go for no. You know, I love the whole premise of go for no. If you're selling somebody something, they bought five things from you and you end the call. If you have eight more things to sell, you're the one that stopped the call. You're the one that stopped the sale, right? It's like a pitcher that's, that's, that's throwing a no hitter into the seventh inning. And you're just like, you know what? 
you just, you need to rest your arm. Just we're, we're not going to, we're not going to have you finish. That's ridiculous, right? You stop the sales call. So there's eager, an eagerness though, an eagerness to fail bigger and faster and go for those big, hairy, audacious goals. And then the fifth one is to fail bigger, faster, exponentially, meaning with your entire team, encourage them to all be eager to fail, all be eager to, to, to come to crash and burn and come back and tell that story. Right. And so, you know, I just, I just wanted to bring that up. I just think yeah. that the, 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 the fear of success is what I said is the fear of, of being able to succeed that your success exceeds your ability to recognize yourself. The eagerness of failure is something that really precedes that great success. And, and by the way, when you succeed through failing, you're in touch with yourself a lot more through that, right? If all of a sudden you just went from who you are today to, to you know, a, a billionaire tomorrow, you know, I'll take a billion dollars, but who the hell are you? Who am yeah. I? Remember the, the, the original Wall Street? You ever see that movie, The Original Wall Street? You're a young guy, though. I'm not that much younger than you. We're okay, good. Where Charlie Sheen is out on his balcony after having this, and he just goes, "Who am I?" He everything exceeded his his wildest dreams, and he had no idea who he was anymore. Yeah, you know, and I just think that that's really what that is. And by the way, again, the power of the mastermind. When you get into a group that people are very candid with you, they're going to check your ass at the door. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, it's only, you know, people that you sit there, you know, you want to get to the finish line. You want to get to the failure line. Yeah. That purpose behind the failure that you're looking to, 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 to accomplish right there. Yeah. You know, that's, and uh, yeah, Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen, Michael Douglas. Yes. I, that's, it's a great movie. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as we're getting ready to wrap it up, just a few more things here that I want to, that I want to ask you, you know, there's always new ideas uh, brewing in times of prosperity, but I really think innovation and ingenuity comes out of times when we feel the squeeze what are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that really excites you? You know, that's a great question. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going back to my base, to the foundation. I look around and we so often, have you ever heard the story acres of diamonds? I've heard the term before. Okay. Acres of diamonds. It's a parable. Go Google Earl Nightingale acres of diamonds fantastic story about a guy that sells his farm in Africa to go seek his fortune in the diamond industry and throws himself off a cliff. Well, the farm that he sold was actually sitting on top of the largest diamond vein in all of the continent. I'm going back and cultivating the acres of diamonds, the the customers that I've sold for the last 20 years. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to go for no And I am going to penetrate, even if it's, if I've got 50 customers and I penetrate one item or two items, I'm literally putting another five to $10 million of business into my business, into my world without going out and bringing on one new customer. I'm just going to go back and cultivate the acres of diamonds over the next 12 months. And, and some of the other things, some things that Nick and I are working on, uh, Preeminence Unleashed, the, the podcast, that one is, we're, we're, we finally decided the way we wanted to do it. And that I think over the next 12 months is going to be something that, that's going to be 
a fantastic conversation to, to jump in on. Um, and it's going to be done in a way that, that not only the listener is going to feel elevated by the conversation, but even the people we interview are going to be asked questions in such a way that they are going to feel elevated when it's done. And so it's, it's really going to be a, a great win for everybody. Uh, and we're going to definitely, Nick and I are going to be elevated from it as well. So, you know, it's win, 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 right. You know, yeah. win, win is so 1990s, right. You've got to have three wins in it, right. Or to yeah. It was the give mentality. If you think about it, you're giving yeah. and everybody's receiving and everyone's giving and everyone's receiving. It's a carousel. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and it's just, and you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm excited about those things. And, and lastly, I think in the next 12 months, I'm really going to get to watch my wife's business go to a level at, at collegepreproadmap.com to go to a level where I can see her serving the way she does and doing it and loving it and, and, you know, and earning, earning a, a good living doing it, but but doing it on her terms. She's got one of the best bedside manners and one of the most learned and kind and effective personal counselors, personal college and academic counselors that I've ever seen. I mean, I watched her do it for 28 years at Servite High School in Anaheim. And I just listen to the way she serves, listen to the way she talks to people. And she's, talk about feeling safe. She so much wants people to feel not only safe, but she really, really doesn't want them to feel unintelligent. She really wants to help them. So those three things really are the things that, that to me are, you know, from a business standpoint, from a career standpoint, are the things that I'm focusing in on uh, health wise, just, you know, you know, working on those, those elements, but, uh, um, and just, you know what, I'm going to give you a quote, something that I wrote a ways back, but this really is, I mean, what you're talking about is a continuum. You can talk about 12 months, you can talk about 36, you know, you talk about 120 months, yeah, whatever it is. I wrote this and I don't, I, I was at, I think it was at a funeral. It was a Jewish funeral, which I believe are some of the most inspirational sessions you can ever go to because they talk more, not about somebody, I'm a Christian, but they, they, they talk more, we talk as Christians, they're going home, they're going to heaven and they're in the Jewish funeral, they talk about the way they've lived and the impact they made on earth, right? And so I wrote this when I got home. I think it was Stu Glazier is the guy's name that uh, I, I wrote this after. He's a dear friend of mine that passed away. Your dreams will die with you, but your impact will live on through the people you inspired by the life you chose to live. And so, like I said, you can talk about 12 months, one month, three months, 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years. That's to me, I, I want that impact to live on. And so everything that guides me is about what is this impact and do I feel good about it? Am I leaving the room in better shape than when I walked in? Yeah. Like the old, you know, the lesson our moms always taught us, make the room cleaner than when you got there, you know? And, and so, you know, yeah. I just want that. I want every room to be better. When I, yeah. when I leave than when I got there. It's a continuation of what you've done for so many decades now. And the lasting impact, the, uh, the word I'm looking for is legacy. 
Um, and and I think legacy is actually a very strong and powerful and positive word. It shouldn't look at it as like, ah, he's one to, but it's, it's the legacy that you leave behind long after you're gone. What was that impact that you made? Beautiful. All right. You know, it's funny that go back to the very beginning of this, the ultimate business mastery summit with Gary Vaynerchuk 20 back in 2009, I think he was what, 29 or 30. He said something super powerful to me that I've used every day. Legacy is more powerful than currency. Wow, that is that is very true, obviously, and it stuck with you this long. So I, yeah. I love the I love these these nuggets that like especially the sayings that you had. You know, you know, as, as we're getting ready to wrap up. All right, what is one tip, piece of advice that you can leave someone with that if that you've learned over the last six months, six years, whatever it is, that if they implemented it, it can have a big impact on themselves going forward? You know, in in anything that somebody's going to do, make it a process of making it your own. And I think that that's probably, you know, so many people, and you talk about self-taught, well, they're really learning from somebody else, but your own process is the only process that's going to work. And so for everything that you learn, whatever you decide to do, and by the way, you can start off by spending two days on learning what you don't want to do. But when you find out and shape your sculpture, if you will, get rid of the stuff that's not it, make it a process of making it your own. Nick said to me uh, in a podcast, the process is the shortcut. And so if we're making it our own, that's going to be the most powerful thing that we have because all of the nuance, all of those things are within us and it's already within us. So let's make it a process. Again, the process of making it your own. Wow. That would be the, the best advice I could probably give to somebody. I love it. I appreciate it. And I know anyone listening is, is really going to be able to take that to heart. Jeff, we've got Jeff Moore, founder of Thursday Night Boardroom, co-founder of the network, co-host of the podcast Preeminence Unleashed. And all I can say is I have gratitude and, and, and I'm grateful that I've ha- had to, this is my second conversation with you and I'm fortunate uh, after this, I've got to go check out um, Thursday Night Boardroom. See yes. if I'm ex- something that's I'm accepted. Maybe I'm member eight, <laughs> 19. And uh, Jeff, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Brandon. This has been fantastic. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.